Welcome to the Just Do It podcast, hosted by Anne Duffy. Dental Entrepreneur Women is here to dive deep and share stories with the mission to inspire, highlight, empower, and connect all women in dentistry. Hi, everybody. It is Anne Duffy, and you are here with us today at the Just Do It podcast. Thanks for joining us. I have a lovely guest today, and I just met her recently. And so when we started to jump on our Zoom for this podcast recording, I realized I don't know anything about her except that she's absolutely gorgeous and she's married to a dentist and she she is a psychologist. So I'm going to ask our guest today, Miss Jessica Martin, to tell us a little bit about herself so that you can get to know her before we dig deep and dive in. Jessica, welcome. Thank you, Anne. It's so great to be here with you. So great to have you. Um, So yes, I am a school psychologist by trade and married to a dentist, as you mentioned, and I kind of got thrown into our dental office back in probably about nine years ago now out of necessity. He needed some help with the front office and so came to dive right in. And I loved, I loved meeting our patients and getting to know the business side of things, but then quickly realized that my expertise as a psychologist could really come in handy with so many patients that have had traumatic experiences or they just don't like sitting in the dental chair and aren't really sure why. And so my background really lended well to understanding the sensory components that we all, you know, deal with. And the sensory system is an amazing thing that can help us enjoy life and really experience things fully, but also it can be it can be negative when um, things are, you know, negative sensory wise, it makes us make that decision that it's not a good thing, something we don't want to experience. And so that's really where I realized that I could have an impact on dentistry is that we can make it more positive from that sensory approach and really help patients enjoy, you know, coming to, to their appointments. And, you know, that helps with case acceptance and maintenance and, you know, people being attracted to your office. And so that's how, that's how I got into it and kind of where I fell in love with dentistry. And now I enjoy really helping other practices to understand the huge importance that, you know, the patient's mental health and and how they feel about the, the dental experience has on their practice and their bottom line. Wow. You know, and, 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 and uh, welcome COVID then, right. And we get COVID <laughs> and you lay that on top of, so nine years in, and then you all of a sudden this is happening. So it's heightened everyone's anxiety and fear and is it safe and all of those things. So it sounds like some of the, the tools that you've used have served your office as well, and they can rely on them for the enormity of what's happening in the world today. Oh, exactly. People are more anxious than ever about receiving care, going in public at everything. And so if we can give them some calming techniques and strategies, you're going to just stand out in the crowd. Absolutely. And that's what, you know, um, dentists can do to differentiate is to really create an environment that's not typical. And that can really be more enjoyable for patients. I wonder why we've held back so much on that. You know, it's, it's, and, and I just finished, uh, you know, my 45 year of career in dental hygiene, but a lot of it is like, you know, snap out of it. Right. And, and I, you know, when I do the strengths, I empathy is not real high on my list so that I, I sometimes don't, um, appreciates not the right word, but give the person a break for being anxious. And 
and and nervous and not opening well and you you know and, and then just that's that's not that's not very nice about uh, that's not a great um, attribute for our profession is it because we're really it is a real thing being anxi- being anxious about going to the dentist Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, people that are working in the dental field, we get desensitized. You know, we, mm. we, we don't smell that icky smell anymore because you live it every day and the instruments don't look weird or scary. You're used to seeing pokey instruments and needles and things, you know, you just get desensitized and you don't realize that your patient doesn't, you know, come in every day and see those things and hear those sounds and that, you know, they're in a really vulnerable situation sitting in that chair and opening an orifice of their mouth to you. And, and so if you don't think about it from that patient perspective, especially for people that have been traumatized, you know, in some way, shape or form, whether it was from dentistry or from something else, they're going to be especially vulnerable. And so it does affect, I mean, they say over 60% of the population are anxious on some level. And so it's pretty significant. And even patients that present well, that don't give you a hard time, that just sit there and grin and bear it. Like they can, they can do better as well when you can understand how to help them feel better and enjoy it more. Yeah. And I mean, I'm looking for some tools because I think sometimes we think it's so big. So like, you've got to have like this feng shui and you've got to have the music and the smells. I mean, that's all lovely, but I think baby steps works, right? Get started. No, absolutely. I love it to hear when offices are trying little things because I really think it is the little things that matter. It's the details. And for every patient, it's going to be a little bit different. Um, And that's what I love about teaching teams, how to quickly kind of assess where the patient's at and help cater the experience to that patient. Because not every patient is going to want like, you know, a heated neck wrap, that patient might be sweating bullets, right? So that patient (laughs) might be something cooled and something different. But, you know, if you can have a number of items in your repertoire that are really simple, that are really cost-effective, you you can really hit most of the population with, with a conjunction of some of the things. And so, and I love too, that, you know, when I teach teams how to, how to put these strategies in place and understand dental anxiety is that the patient, you know, today might present differently than they will next week when they come in for something different. And so it's great to have those options to be able to help people to make those decisions about what's going to help them through the appointment on any given day. Yeah. And especially right out of the shoot, right? Your first appointment. I mean, the first impressions, you have what, nine seconds to get a first impression. So how great would it be to use some of those things? And then they come back for the next appointment and they're a smidge happier or a smidge less nervous. And then, you know, eventually they just can't wait to see you because, you know, you've presented them with some yummy, um, I don't know if it's activities or just, you know, just the way your office works. Um, it's got to be great for not just the profession, but <laughs> I mean, it's bigger than that. It's, it's the world that people that need dentistry because it's such a big part of our, you know, overall health and people are afraid to come. No, exactly. I just think it's such, it's like, it's almost like um, if you could perform a surgery on someone and you could either do it in a painful way or you could do it in a not a painful way. I mean, this is taking it to the extreme, right? But that's how, almost how I see it. Like, why wouldn't we do it in the non-painful way? Like, it's almost, it seems silly that we would just make that, you know, just make them grin and bear it. Why not make it better and make it feel more enjoyable? 
well, because it doesn't make sense. And, you know, and honestly we can, and, and being in the clinical side, and I'm sure your husband hears this. I hate going to the dentist. It's the worst. I'd rather go to the, you know, the OBGYN than go to the dentist. And this is my least favorite place of all the world. I mean, like we hear that all the time. <laughs> they say that, that that's one of the reasons the suicide rate for a dentist is high is because right. you hear that over and over, but tell me a few of the things that you do, like if you're doing a workshop and you're going in, like what are the, some of your tricks of the trade to calm someone down and especially the kids? I mean, you know, you start, you start young. I, I, I think so. Tell me, tell us what you, what you know, some of your protocols. Yeah, no, I love that because really, I think if we focus on not that we can't help adults and I love helping adults through it, but I would love to create a generation of people that isn't scared of the dentist, yeah. that, that has a different mindset about it. And so I do think like the biggest thing I think initially is just really giving teams, you know, the tool to inquire about the patient, right. To, to ask those questions. And, and usually it's on, on an intake form because we don't have time to sit and have a, you know, lengthy conversation about all this stuff mm -hmm. with every single patient, but it's important questions on intake about different triggers there might be for the patient, whether it's sound, whether it's seeing instruments, whether their teeth are sensitive, what are those triggers for the patient? They can quickly identify what those are. The patient now feels understood, right? They've been able to say, wow, they asked me these questions that aren't typically asked. And now they're, they understand me a little bit better. That feels mindset wise, a lot better as a patient coming in than just I'm going to have to maybe tell them I'm scared, right? And, and, and will I have the courage to tell them or will they be able to tell? Um, so I think that's the first step. And then in terms of, I call them amenities. I don't have a better word for it, but it's kind of like- I like amenities. Kind of what they are. <laughs> yeah. Like so the, the favorites are a heated neck wrap. It's It's got a little bit of weight to it, which can help sensory-wise, but also that heat component for a lot of people is calming. We also can put those neck wraps in the cooler so they are cooled for people that are- tend to run a little more hot when they come in. Um, blankets, love blankets. Blankets, even if it's just something just to help you feel less vulnerable, right? Like mm. imagine sitting in somewhere in your swimming suit. I know that, you know, you wouldn't go to the dentist in your swimming suit, but that's kind of how you feel. Like you're sitting there and you're, you're, you're anxious and you're vulnerable. So having that cover of your body just kind of feels a little better and weighted blankets have been a huge hit for many of the offices I work with just that extra weight. And you'll, as a hygienist, you've probably had people tell you to leave the, um, the x-ray, the bib on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels that apron feels good. So weighted blanket can kind of serve as that, um, that nice, grounded feeling for patients. And then obviously making sure they're comfortable in the dental chair. So there's the knee pillows and the neck pillows. I'm extremely short. So, you know, the, the typical dental chair doesn't fit me. And if anyone's extremely tall, same thing, just making sure they're comfortable. If they're going to sit there for an hour, two hours, three hours, they don't, they don't want a crooked neck and they don't want back issues. Right. So those are really simple things, but then I love to even get deeper and, you know, teach teams how to do like a mini massage and um, a cool dye mask and just really upping that pampered feel of, of that experience to help patients just go, wow, this is so great. Or a hot towel at the end, right? Just that kind of elevated feel that they're not expecting because, you know, it's always great to just blow them out of the water with, with what you can provide. Well, it's kind of like being in a nice hotel. There's nothing like having a nice hotel and, and the concierge uh, come up and, and uh, give you a, what is it? Uh, well, the cookies, like say the, the, the cookies in the, 
in the uh, reception area or whatever. Um, you know, and that's simple, right? It's simple. It's, right. it's, it's a lot about kindness and understanding and understanding people, which would come from your psychology background um, of kindness and, and being in the schools with the kids and starting them off on the right foot. Uh, it's a beautiful, simple thing that we can do across the board. And, you know, I, I love that you're starting to speak on this, Jessica, because I saw, I met you at Jumpstart yeah. and, um, you know, I haven't seen this from the front of the room much. So I think that it's something that you can bring with your gravitas of, of your degree and um, actually working in the office and then working with other um, practices that can uh, take on these uh, different ways of, of amenities, just as you say, and, and, and verbiage too. So I think some of that, a lot of times can go a long way. Do you have yeah, them? No. Do you have them change the the um, patient uh, the new patient form in their practices? No, I, I actually I like to just add the, I call it a comfort form. I like to just add a form in there. I know it's like patients are. Oh, I love that a comfort form. So that makes them feel. I love that. That's I've never heard that. That's very cool. Makes yeah. Sense. So again, tell me about that. Tell me about that. Yeah. So that's basically that that form where patients can disclose, you know, have they had a bad experience in the past or are they completely comfortable? And then for kiddos, like you had mentioned, there are some other things to think about with kiddos because they tend to be a little more sensory sensitive. So things like different textures can really bother them. The different tastes of things can be off-putting for a lot of little ones. And then just all of the things that ha are happening around them, they're more they don't understand, right? I mean, they, why are you have to wear gloves and why are you wearing that silly thing over your face? And, you know, what is this big machine coming at me? That's going to take this picture of my tooth, right? So they're more aware because it's a, probably a new atmosphere for them. So definitely, um, you know, asking pointed questions on that comfort form about what the history is and then what are those triggers? What are those things that, you know, just seeing something laying on a tray is going to just put that person off the off the, off the chair and, and feeling anxious and, you know, just feeling that patient feeling understood, you know, feeling, knowing they're going somewhere, even if they don't do anything different, even if there's no items that can make them feel comfortable and pampered, just knowing that the providers care is, is a huge thing. Mm, yeah. I love that. That's why I like the, the name of the comfort form, because it's like, Oh, I had never thought I would be comfortable in the dental office. This is really lovely. I've never, I've never heard of that. So I think that's, that's just a, another little simple thing that people can do um, for their offices. So when you go into an office, how are you, are you uh, expanding it, talking about the comfort and the anxiety and the, and how to, uh, you know, be the, I guess, a, make it a great experience. What else do you talk about when you go into an office to consult? Yeah, so I definitely like to educate the team about dental anxiety, you know, how to look for it because our patients are pretty good at hiding it sometimes. So teaching them some nonverbals, teaching them ways to ask open-ended questions about how the patient's feeling. Um, and then, you know, encouraging teams to not, um, to be more compassionate, right? And to mm -hmm. be more open. So to not say like, oh, you're going to be okay. The person isn't going to be okay. Just like the little kid that skins their knee and they're crying and the mom says, you're okay. They're not okay. So, you know, giving them the language to acknowledge the person isn't okay, but you're going to do everything you can to help them. You're going to, you're going to do a great job of giving them comfort. And so, you know, giving them, giving teams that language and understanding of, you know, their words have power, every interaction has power. And so if we're, you know, 
asking patients to choose between our office or the one down the street, how are you going to stand out? And how, how do you want them to leave feeling? Because we all make buying decisions based on how we feel. And if mm. we can help people feel better, we've solved so many of the issues that there are for the practice. And so just empowering each team member to understand their, their power, you know, in the patient interaction. Yes. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. I could really see this, especially working in, in the pediatric offices. I just would love that because my granddaughters just went to the, the dentist and they loved it. I was surprised. So I don't know what their office is, is doing, uh, you know, so right. They probably had you come in and consult with them because they seemed to really like what they were doing, but not all kids. And I, I did, I do like to, we were talking about in the beginning of this uh, podcast, the heightened anxiety right now with sound and smell and all of those things um, just begs it begs us to, to really not sweep that under the rug, but to bring it out um, into the light and here get to know the true patient and what's really happening. Cause we are, we, we like to say as, as dentists and hygienists and the dental professional, we are treating the whole patient as well. Right. right? And so sometimes, and, and not to treat the mindset of the patient really underserves them, doesn't it? Exactly. And, and really what I didn't realize would come from this because I'm not a clinician. It was really cool that what we realized that once we were able to help patients feel understood, help them be more comfortable, they're actually easier to work on. So it's like full circle, like yeah. a calm patient is going to be more expansive. They're going to be able to open wider. They're not going to be as flinchy. They're not going to have as many questions, right? Their when their mind and their body is at ease, they're easier to perform dentistry on. And so everybody wins. It's just a matter of understanding it and how to provide this experience to help, to help solve all those issues for the patient. Really, when we can help the patient feel better, you know, it feels better to be that provider too, and to be the clinician. Yeah. And as a provider, that is the truth. Um, because there are patients, you know, there's some tools that I probably didn't have that I would have loved to have met you earlier that I would have the same patient come in being very anxious. And I would be like, Oh God, there comes Joe again. That's going to be one of those appointments. I'm not going to be able to do my best work, you know, because he's fidgeting all over the, all over the, um, the chair. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, I just had a crown done recently and uh, I hadn't had one for a long time. And I thought, Oh gosh, every dental professional needs to go in and get a crown because it is not all that comfortable, no matter who, how good you are. Right. And I, and I wasn't even afraid or, uh, I, I knew the tools. I love the people. That's my, my old team and everything. I was like, I had nothing to be afraid about, but it, at some point when they were doing that, I was like, how much longer are they going to, you know, spend on this, you know, yanking my, my, um, cheek out. Uh, those are all things that the normal person, lay person out there, has absolutely no clue what they're doing. Right. And it would just, you know, I, I was not anxious, I wouldn't say, but I was like a little bit, um, well, I was a little anxious. I'm not going to lie. I was a little anxious in the whole procedure, the whole two hour procedure. Um, and my crown is fabulous and it's beautiful and it's perfect. So, you know, right. if you're, if you're doing the job, right, you need to take that time. Well, right. Your, your head knew what was happening, right. And you knew what was good for you and all those things, but your body was telling you otherwise, your body was saying, I want to be out of this chair. This is uncomfortable. I, you know, that the, those are the things that we don't have any control over that the crown's going to take what it's going to take, right. We don't have any control that there's decay there. And we have to get at it with the drill, but we do have control over those little things that we can do to make the body feel better, to help 
and feel more comfortable when she's getting that crown done, right? And not be trying to get out of the chair. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. And, and, you know, I'm just thinking back on it too, Jessica. This is so awesome because uh, even the noise, right? I mean, I, I know what a drill sounds like, but when it's by your ear and it's in your on your number 15, I think it was, um, it was loud. And it was like, golly, that thing is loud. You know, and so I, I this is a, there's a lot that we can do to settle a patient and let them know they, this is going to be loud. Don't worry about it. It's going to take a little bit of time just to walk them through some of those things. Um, because as a clinician, we care a little bit more, you right. know, it's not about just, you know, tapping it out, getting it done onto the next person. You know, it, it's really about representing our profession and exactly. we should all represent it with more compassion and more, um, real talk with the patient that's in the chair and understand them. It's, a, you know, it's, it's beautiful that you're bringing that to light, not just about the, um, the collections and um, butts and seats, but how do we take care of them? Well, and, and really, it, you know, we didn't realize it, but by tuning into this, it has grown our practice substantially because like I said, case acceptance is much higher. People aren't as apt to cancel or fail because they're nervous. They're like, I can do this. They're going to help me through this. Right. So, um, and loyalty, loyalty is huge because, you know, our patients can't get that anywhere else. And so they're, you know, insurance changes, they move. They're like, you got me for life. I can go nowhere else. We spoil them. Right. Because we're doing it just a little bit better and making it so much better. So it does, it does really help production and collections and all those other things. That's what I love about it. And honestly, like had no idea it would really solve all these pain points. I just came at it from like, I'm a psychologist. I want to help people and they're nervous. Like, what can we do? So, um, I just, I truly believe that when we do right by people, it just comes back, it comes back to us. And so, um, no, absolutely. And, and I'm a business owner too. Like we, you know, run a very successful practice and I totally get that we have, the numbers have to be there. It's a business. And so that's why I worked really hard to find things that are really affordable from the provider standpoint and very efficient to put into place. Because I understand the schedule is the schedule. We have to, you know, we have to adhere to that. We have to be profitable and all those things can still really be a part of the picture. It's just that patients aren't feeling that, right? They're feeling, they're feeling a different side of it, which is great. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's so simple. It's so it simple. It's it, it, sometimes they might say it's not that easy, but it really is easy. You made it sound easy and you made it sound delightful. So I would love to go to your practice. What a great marketing tool um, yeah. for somebody. And, and also just a fun, um, just a fun talk to come in and, and help a practice be able to do something that's so simple and so good for, for um, the people that, you know, we love and serve in our practice. And, and though that's, that's going to really, you know, up, up your word of mouth, right? Word of oh. mouth is the best advertising. Absolutely. And uh, I love my dentist. I, I know Travis used to have that little, I love my dentist, but I'm sure everyone loves your, your husband and the dental practice that you're in. And um, how can people find you if, if they want to have you come into their, their practice and help them and, or, or get you on the speaking um, tour or on their conference? Tell us how we can get a hold of you. Yes, I have a website. It is called martinmanagementllc.com. And I also respond to my email. So Jessica at martinmanagementllc. I would love to chat about your office. I'd love to speak. I love to just share the word and like, let's take the stigma out of dentistry. Let's make it better for everyone. 
I love it. And I think together we can do that. So thank you so much, Jessica, for joining us today. You are a bright light in our dental world. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on a stage or in an office soon. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for another Just Do It podcast. This is Ann Duffy signing off. And remember, keep doing you. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Just Do It podcast hosted by Ann Duffy. To learn more about dental entrepreneur women, to share your story, or to join the movement, please visit our website, do.life. That is D-E-W dot life. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app to make sure you don't miss an episode. And in the meantime, keep doing you.